Hey, Cinema 7 listeners, it's me, Mario B. Uh, C7ers, I can... Uh, I don't know what to call you. I was told by the board of directors, Hawk and John, to let you all know this will be a two-part episode. You are listening to part one, in which the normal crew, Hawk, Mario, I, and John, will discuss and give our review of the Wonder Woman movie. Part two, um, we will have two new guests. Guests, I should say, Kenya and Christina, will join me, Mario, as I host and ask them questions on the Wonder Woman movie and uh, what their take is on the film. Uh, we'll have interesting topics uh, from the lady side of things, so uh, definitely check out part two. Until then, here is part one with the normal crew for our take. Enjoy. John Kenogi, today's host, uh, changing things up a bit. Uh, with me today, we've got Mario Bukari. What's up? And we've got uh, Fists of Fury, Chris Hawk himself. Fist of Fury. Whoa. Uh, today we're talking Wonder Woman. and uh, But before that, before we get to the main event, we got a bit of news. News, 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 news. Uh, we'll go with Chris Hawk first. Chris Hawk brings to the table a news article. So, Tom Cruise on a recent talk show, just released or revealed the title of the Top Gun sequel called Top Gun Maverick. And honestly, that's kind of a bad sequel name. How many people actually want the sequel to happen? Well, Top Gun, the original one, is so iconic. It's so over-the-top macho good. It is so 80s. It's so, it's one of the pivotal movies of the 80s. And I think right there, that's all it is. I don't, I just don't see how that's going to translate because during that time, that was, that, that movie fits the time period. You can't do that nowadays and have the same effect on the era. America's Pride. Yes, you can. Oh. <laughs> totally forgot about America's Pride. Yeah. Top Gun from the top. From the t- over the top gun. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to do well. I don't know why they're making it. It, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense to me personally. Did you see Babe Watch then do that great? Did you see The Rock's meltdown on Twitter? No. About how he was pretty, he was oblivious, not oblivious, but he wasn't taking the critics. He was, he was mad that people yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. Really? Which is, that's not a character for The Rock, you know? He usually doesn't care. He's going to lay a smackdown. Apparently, the synopsis of this film involved drones, drone warfare, um, unmanned... For Top Gun, not Baywatch? Top, oh, Baywatch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drones. For top, I thought for, we were talking about Baywatch. Top Gun Maverick involves unmanned flights, un, you know, drones, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, in, it's definitely interesting, but, I mean... Are we, are we talking drone racing, like, <laughs> like those kids that do that and make tons of money? The quadcopter drone racing Yeah, things? drone racing. Those are legit. Well, I mean, what if I wish to, I could make that kind of money, drone racing. What if he's like a, he's a, he's a drone counselor, and he's got to teach this kid how to be a drone pilot? Let's be honest. 
They're gonna he's gonna they're gonna come to him and say, All right, look, you're washed up, you gotta retire. This is the new age. Here's the drone program. And he's gonna be like, I can do anything a drone can do it better. It's it's gonna be that man classic versus, man versus machine. It's gonna be that classic story where uh, the drone does everything right until it goes wrong and he's gotta save the day. So it's like stealth. It's like it's every stealth. movie where this happens, where the, somebody has is forced to retire and then comes out of retirement to help. The best Jed- uh, Jessica Biel movie, Stealth. Yeah. Oh, is that the one with uh, Jamie Clint- Foxx? That's right. And that other guy that dies. Clint Eastwood did another Jet movie like in the nineties. I think that's what I said. Clint. I almost said Clint Eastwood. <laughs> that's like Firefox or something. It was called. Yeah, that's my news. I'm not too happy about the title. I mean, I guess we'll see. Or not. I might not see it, I'll be honest. Uh, other news, we've got uh, Josh Gad basically confirming he's the Penguin. I, I mean, I don't know if that's legit, but people seem to think so. The the signs point there. Mario uh, doesn't like this, so we'll go to Mario first. Um, I don't really think he's that funny. Well, that's irrelevant that's to fu- whether he can be the Penguin. Yeah, the Penguin's not funny at all. I just don't... I... St- He's more of that jokey character. Like, when was he, like, serious? The uh, Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher? Because he was uh, Wozniak or whatever his name is? Well, could you argue that uh, a villain doesn't need to be serious? Yeah, but Penguin... See, here's here's why I think he can do it. Because he may be those non-serious roles, because that's what people typecast him as. Yeah. But I think he has the ability to be the over-the-top, you know, eccentric villain you need to be to be someone like the Penguin. Yeah, but are he's you gonna, not boring. Are you going to see Josh Gad dressed up as Penguin overacting, or are you going to see the Penguin? That's depends, my question. It depends on who's writing the movie. I, it, I, I think it does come down to what he's being asked to do. But, I mean, from what I've seen him in, I don't see him personally. That's just me. We have nothing to base it off of because looking at his looking at his IMDB page, his it doesn't really seem like he has any super serious role. So he doesn't have, really. He's always sidekick yeah. characters. It's mostly sitcoms, comedies. That's and then Steve Jobs. I mean, to be honest, I don't think Penguin will be the main villain anyway. So whoever was that iconic penguin in Batman Returns? I think it was Batman Returns, correct? Yes. Uh, it was. It was. It was Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. <laughs> I'm talking Danny, De- Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny. There's DeVito. no way that anyone could ever portray a better Penguin than that. I. Cu- I mean, I, of course, I could be wrong because with, I mean, with when we saw with Heath Ledger and the Joker, but we talking about the Gotham Penguin is the best. We didn't we just like. I think we went yeah. over this before we started the episode, how the Gotham Penguin is the best Penguin. He's the best Penguin ever. I'm in the darkest timeline right now. This is the worst of the worst. <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't think he's going to be the main villain, so I think he can easily do it. And he'll be better than Gotham. I think Josh Gad, he puts a lot of heart into all his roles, and I think he's going to take it serious. So why wouldn't I give him the benefit of the doubt? He seems like he's a fan. We'll see. Everybody's a fan these days. Let's be real here. Yeah, right. Uh, other news. Uh, <laughs> Black Cat Silver Sable, director. Uh, the director of uh, Love and Basketball, Secret Life of Beasts. 
eight. Um, we know she can do a, uh, a strong female movie, but uh, what does that mean for the tone of this movie? What do we think? Uh, let's can see Silver Sable has her her, her background's mercenary. Black Cat's background is um sexy thief. Sexy thief. So you're gonna have to make these characters like likable. So that's gonna be an uphill battle to begin with because they're. I mean, not like what they're doing is bad, but what they do has a negative connotation to it. As in, a thief, I mean, thieves aren't necessarily, unless you're Robin Hood, and Black Cat's not really Robin Hood. Sexy thieves can do whatever they want. Yeah, you're true. So totally right. Sexy thieves. I, don't, I mean, just make the movie about a sexy thief and you're good, right? Love and Basketball was, um, you know, like one of those 90 love story chick flick dramas you know classic classic chick flick something you can just flip through the channels and watch because it's on yeah 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 exactly good love story this is good it was you know it's good for the time you know um so she'll get the drama part down i think does anyone see this movie breaking a hundred million dollars of the box office though easily once i pitch it to you oh my god (laughs) pitcher fix it black cat silver who silver sable I'm already, I'm already casting people in my mind. Tom Hardy as Venom is going to appear in my version. <laughs> <laughs> so we've pitched... If we add Venom in all our pitch-it movies now, he's now Tom Hardy. Exactly. He now has to be Tom Hardy. <laughs> he's, he's the one that's going to bridge the Sony Venom-verse together. <laughs> Tom Hardy starring as Venom and... Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Exactly. He's coming home again. I am speechless. I just don't know how you're going to make this work. There's so secondary characters to begin with that I just I don't see how it's going to work. I don't think anybody does. Moving on, uh, Mario has a few uh, one-liners for us. Some interesting tidbits and facts from his friends that he, uh, he loves very much. Go I ahead, love Mario. I love them so much. I love you so much, Green Rant. I love how biased you have been. He wrote on you a poem. Twitter with Wonder Woman. You know, trying to bring down the positiveness of Wonder Woman. But you have some good uh, themes or titles to your articles. And one Pokemon theme song was almost very different. Very different. I mean, could- did Isn't that surprising? That? Couldn't you say that about everything? Hey, this Man of Steel movie almost was called Superman, okay? <laughs> Where'd you hear that at? Was that on Screen Rant? Because then it, it doesn't matter. It's like almost saying, you know that Han Solo movie you thought was going to be normal? Funny uh, <laughs> thing that you say that, because <laughs> Thaddy uh, Newton from uh, Westworld and Rock and Rolla has said that the Han Solo Star Wars spinoff is really different. <laughs> How different is it? Really different. No, but uh, the one thing that caught my eye on here was uh, that Ben Schwartz wants a uh, Stranger Things cameo, and I don't know how serious he is, but Chris Hawk... Have know... you seen the pictures of them two on Twitter when they're together? Yeah, it's there's pretty... one right there. It's groundbreaking. It's pretty cool. And I could see it in the movie as like a maybe a cousin, brother. It would be a cool cameo. That mm-hmm. wouldn't take me out of the show. I agree. I'm just going to tell you, I'm never going to watch that show. <laughs> yeah, I think one day you'll have to give it a chance. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> Has Jennifer watched it? 
Nope. <laughs> Subliminal messaging for both you guys. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, you guys will watch she it. She refuses to watch it until it's over. Until really? all the seasons are out. Oh, so you can out. just watch them all? Watch the she's, whole thing. She's, she's a binger? Well, I wouldn't call it binge watching. We don't watch them that fast. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you don't want to get to a point where you got to wait years. Not a big fan of cliffhangers. Not a big fan of waiting. I am. Almost, I mean, I don't care, but I am slow to binge because the episodes are long of um, Master and None. So me and you are going to do that. Some uh, of them are long. Some of them are short too. Really? They seem in, long. In season two, there's like thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes, an hour, forty-five, thirty. He's memorized them. Something like that. Well, well. Anyway, we're going to do that episode, right? Where yeah, we're man. Gonna, we're going to talk about Master and None. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm ready soon. I'm interested we'll, we'll to see, see what you have to say. I got notes down. Well, moving on, let's uh, let's get to the main event here. Welcome to the main event. Uh, let's talk Wonder Woman. <laughs> so before we uh, get right into it, my uh, good friend Mario Bakari has asked me to just just say a little bit about the uh, the Wonder Woman verse and uh, why I got into it. So I'll be honest. Uh, I think Wonder Woman is one of those characters that everybody knows who she is, uh, but doesn't know a lot about, because I think a lot of people don't care, and I really think they think she's boring. What are you talking about? She's a woman. That's all that matters. I think a lot of people think she's just that character, like she's perfect, you know, she does everything well, and it's it's not interesting. best part about Diana is John's going to tell you what's the best part about Diana. It's it's not so much Wonder Woman, it's her her mythos, you know, her lore. And the, what goes on around her? I mean, obviously she's almost Superman esque in how she performs, and you know she always tries to do the good things. But there are times where she's faced with hardships, you know, and stuff she can't deal with, and she reacts negatively. Um, but I mean, just the the you know the God Pantheon, the like the the mythic lore behind some of her villains and stuff. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand that she's more than just you know a female Superman. Because I think a lot of people think she's boring, and that's not the case. What's your favorite um, story arc out of, uh, I guess, from her? I I would have to reread some of them. I mean, the only one I've read recently was the New 52 one, because after that, they changed writers, and it got kind of dumb with Amazons and stuff. Like, it got a little over the top. Which was the... Because um, I remember you telling me there was... The, the writers that was the couple, were they the good ones or were they the bad ones? They were the bad ones. They took over. It was uh, David Finch, I think, and his wife. Like one of them was writing it. One of them was drawing it. Uh, but before that was the firstborn storyline where they were talking about Zeus's firstborn child yeah, yeah. that they found like in the ground, which was really good because she was facing gods. And that's where she killed Ares and became God of War, which people didn't like. but it made sense the way they did it. Yeah. Which was really good, but then it kind of took a turn and she was drawn with an anime face and I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's honestly good stuff. I think it's more than, you know, just a, a female Superman, which a lot of people don't give her credit for. But uh, we can move into some general thoughts. I'll uh, go first. I s- overwhelmingly positive. I think it was a great movie. I'll be honest, I was kind of scared about the hype going into it because I wasn't hyped for it. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be, but then people were saying it was that good that I kind of had to be at that point. 
and it just kind of worried me. But I'm not going to go any details. Obviously, that's spoiler territory, and we've got a good lineup of uh, topics. So, Mario, what'd you think? I also was uh, skeptical, but I was also hopeful because from the trailers, it seemed a little. It seemed like more interesting than uh, Batman v Superman and um, Man of Steel. Well, Man of Steel looked interesting. It's that it wasn't interesting to me because it was. It wasn't what Superman was. It wasn't. Let's not go down that path. Not, yeah, you're right. You're going down a path yeah, I you, cannot follow. I was, I was going. I was getting there, and you guys have stopped me. I thank you. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I thought that the her the way they told her origin, I thought was a fantastic way to do it. I thought it was they. I thought they did it pretty nicely. Um, the there was. The comedy didn't feel forced to me when there was comedy elements or when the audience laughed, um, as I feel when I see Marvel movies these days. Um, I generally did laugh at uh, more parts than I figured I would going into it. Um, Personally, I'm I'm probably going to bring up, I I probably, at times, um, I might bring up some Marvel stuff. To, to compare Marvel versus DC. I'm, I think that's only natural. Yeah, I, I, I might do it more than you guys. I don't know. Uh, the CGI was a little wonky to me at some parts, kind of too noticeable in certain areas. Um, it bothered me in some scenes, but I'll get more into that in spoilers. Uh, there was some lackluster acting by side characters that uh, bothered me, but I thought overall the plot was... Uh, I thought the story was well written. I thought it was. Um, I thought they handled uh, spoiler uh, three villains pretty well. Uh, the director handled it well. Was this like her first movie? Or? No, she directed Monster, won an Oscar. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Charlie Stern. Okay. Your favorite? Yeah. Um, but overall, I enjoyed this. You know, I'm I'm not a. I'm not a DC hater, you know, like most people are all of a sudden. Uh, I grew up. Oh, they with, love the DC now. They, well, they love them now, yeah, right. I grew up with both Marvel and DC, so you know, I, I try to take, I, I try to take a bad superhero movie with a grain of salt, even though it, like it does bother me, you know, because I am a fan. But except for Man of Steel, that's just, you know, when we'll get back into that. Uh, but this, th- I think, this showed us how hopeful and positive a superhero movie could be. And um, I think this is a turnaround for DC. Chris Hawk. So my um, intro to Wonder Woman was through the Justice League animated TV show. And that's where I got to know Diana and how she was. So I was very pleasantly surprised that she kind of lined up with that way of Wonder Woman. And I... and. Through that, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot. I was very happy because DC deserved a hit, and I've thought that for a long time. I think they deserved a good, solid superhero movie where Batman v Superman or Man of Steel did not deliver. I think the balance between the leads of Chris Pine and Gal Gadot and their uh, acting between each other was very superb. It was some of my favorite parts of the movie, and I'm glad that neither overpowered the other. Well... Wonder Woman was a little bit more, but that's, of course, it's her, it's her movie. Yeah. I love the portrayal of war in this movie and how it was used. And I love mostly 
nearly everything about this movie except for what Mario said about the CGI and a little bit about the third act. But it's really a nitpick and doesn't really hurt the movie for me. But it is something we'll get into when we get into spoilers. All right. Let's, uh, let's move right into spoilers. Here we go, guys. Uh, I want to go in order of almost how the plot went. So I got a few plot points. Uh, I'd like to start it off with uh, the origin story and the fact that it's for reflecting on a past. How'd you guys feel about that? Because I thought it was really cool that they chose to have her remember the story instead of just telling it to you. Because we've already been introduced to Wonder Woman. So having like a movie that's a straight prequel doesn't really make a lot of sense. Whereas this really isn't that if you think about it. I thought that was, uh, I, I thought that was cool how they did it. Like you said, I, I thought it made sense. Because you, it does. They yeah, already, it makes sense. They already introduced her. It's, you know, it's, it would have been weird, I guess, to just straight up start off the movie in her origin. You know, they showed her where she is now after Batman v Superman because it's kind of already established. And, um, and then it shows you who Wonder Woman is and how she basically oh, kind of came to be. Let me ask you guys this. Did you think they were going to do that when there was the photo in Batman v Superman, right? Because that's where it came from. No, Did I think the entire movie was going to be about that picture. Yeah, I didn't. No, I think that's pretty cool that you couldn't anticipate that. That yeah, they they at least had the foresight to do that, which is is rather neat. Uh, with the origin story, I do like that they started out with the origin story, but it wasn't in your face because I think you know origin stories sometimes get a little too overhyped, <laughs> a little too forced on you. It didn't feel that forced. Like I, her, like her story is being already too planned out for you or what's going to happen. Yeah, and they're not forcing a bunch of information on you that they think you need to know. Like she's the chosen one already type of thing. Yeah, you only get a brief story of the gods. You you don't get them all named out, what they each do. You don't get that. You get Zeus and Ares. I like, I also, I I thought this was one of the best uses of a montage of showing someone grow up. I I, I honestly thought that was uh, handled pretty well, how they did that, the way it, it edited or was edited that how she grew up and how she basically you see her as a child and then you you kind of see her um morph into you, you see her um you know like she doesn't want to be isolated anymore she she wants to learn and you kind of see her develop that way i guess does that make sense mm-hmm. i was so pleasantly surprised how much i enjoyed the the mascara parts I I believed it could have been uh like real sets or something or a real place on an island. I wouldn't even mind a spin-off movie of just Diana and her period of training with her mentor. Or like an Amazon heavy plot. Yeah, I wouldn't even mind if it was animated or not. I would I would just love to see that cuz that's their tradition, their honor, like you know, it's like almost samurai if um istic. I love that. And you could see it in those scenes, which is only like less than like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I think uh, with the, the Amazons too, you can, there's some, there's some good plot lines in the comics that they do. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, one that trained her. Uh, the one that's supposed to be the fierce warrior. I think you really felt that way. You know, you felt that she was their, their like battle leader. Did you like how they handled her accent and pretty much built the Amazon or, Amazonian uh, Themyscira like around her accent in a way well I mean I mentioned that in a you previous did. podcast you did. they had to do it if they didn't do it it didn't make sense yeah it would just be like oh she's made out of clay so she speaks different no that doesn't work <laughs> it, it also makes sense because later in the movie she she says she speaks like 
100 languages. 100 languages. Yeah, which it's work. Yeah, you know? because they Makes sense. they know so many different languages, they they develop this accent almost. So I think that it works on that level too. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't feel forced. Um we didn't, you know. It yeah. felt natural. How do, how do you guys think she did uh what Gal Good Got it. Got it. Got it. Gal Godot. Ga- yeah, Gal Godot. How do you it's, think it's, she It's Godot? I'm pretty positive that's how, that's how you say it. How was she as a Wonder Woman, John? I don't know. I thought I was hosting. I, I have some questions I just wrote down I wanted to ask you guys. You guys yeah, feel, that's I, on my list. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, how how do you guys feel about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman? <laughs> <laughs> Questionception. <laughs> well, since, since we're going out of order here, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you. I think she's okay. I think there could have been a better cast. I don't know that you would have ever found it. I think they uh, they utilized her to the best of her ability, and she looks like really good as Wonder Woman. And in terms of like, the battle scenes and everything, is great. Um, obviously, you know, she's kind of awkward. Yeah, not in battle because that's where the character is. So I think we really need to see her in the Justice League ensemble to see the the true extent of how she acts as Wonder Woman. In that setting where she's used to being Wonder Woman. Yeah, because well, in this, she it's like she's still kind of that person who is isolated, learning what's going on in the world she didn't really know about. So I, I think it makes sense to have her be kind of awkward in a way. Uh, but I mean, when they zoomed in on her head and she would do like the head tilt and stuff, and like, hmm, I, I thought that was kind of a little weird sometimes. But it, I think it makes sense be- the way her character's written or how she portrays the character because she doesn't really know much other than her own world. I thought that was nicely done. That's what I'm saying. I I think it was good, but I don't think it takes a lot to do that. I don't think it takes a lot to be a character that's not in in character, honestly. Well, it'd definitely be great to see her growth as Wonder Woman. Like, have we seen the Marvel characters' growth through all their movies? I mean, we all know as Wonder Woman as the brave, confident, brash, um, warrior, but we, we need to see her get to that. So I'm excited to see that because I think Gal Gadot, Gadot could do it. I think she's fine. How'd you guys feel about the Germans coming ashore? Like on the mascara? Yeah. I guess it makes sense. I think it gave merit to Steve Trevor's case. Like, you know, you, you, it made him, it gave him uh, evidence to what's going on outside and why he's there. It I gave guess. Wonder Woman a reason to leave. Yeah. Aside from Steve Trevor, which I don't think that would have been believable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he would have just came ashore and been like, well, I'm part of the war, like, it would have been like, well, I'm part of the war, <laughs> so I gotta get back. It definitely was unexpected. I didn't expect him to break the magical wall of Themyscira. So I mean, soon. anybody can do it. You just gotta yeah. find it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't expect it. I was like, whoa. Already on, already on uh, Themyscira soil. I did like the mention the clay origin. Yeah, yeah, I did that was like that. that was definitely good because I, you know, I didn't know which way they were going to go with that. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that they chose to say that all the gods are dead. Yeah, minus Ares. I think that leaves them an out if they don't want to ever mention them again. Yeah. So is the DCU universe created by Zeus now? Is that? I don't think so. You don't think so? I think it's just he was in power and he's not anymore because mm-hmm. they're not. They're technically just powerful beings. Yeah. Is what they are in the DC universe. That people worshipped as God. Mm-hmm. 
So I think they've gave themselves an out to not explain that further if they don't really want to go in that direction, which I don't think they will, but we'll talk about that later. I think that it also could tease Shazam in a way. It could easily because him his power uh they've established that those beings yeah. exist and they can, you know, transfer power or create powerful beings, which yeah. is good. But it doesn't matter cuz Black Adam movie comes first. I Anyway, um I don't want to get into that. But the one part here in this opening sequence of her, well, not the opening sequence, but in her origin part that bothered me CGI-wise was the, her as a child jumping off the cliff. It's funny you mentioned that. CGI is my next subject. So, talking about the CGI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know which part you're referring to. Like, are you talking about when she jumps and they grab her? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even notice Cause, that. Because it seems like they... It, the way the background behind her as a as a child, like when uh, when she jumps off that cliff, it's just weird. It's it looks like she's in hyperspeed almost or something. It, it looked a little goofy to me. I don't yeah, know. I mean we can all agree that the CGI is very heavy in the beginning. Yeah, I don't think it's as noticeable towards the end. Uh, in most parts, I don't know. The fighting they, scenes they did use it a lot towards the end though. Yeah, but I don't I don't, I don't think it's noticeable because it's darker. Yeah, it's it's darker scenes. It's hard to notice the lines blurring. Whereas if we're talking like the beach scene, they had to go and choose that CGI style. Yeah, like they made it heavy CGI and put it on you mm-hmm. because that's like how much was going on and it was visible. I do respect that they chose to just like acknowledge what it was and not try to hide it there. Yeah, because it goes into almost like an animated combat. Yeah, I, I, they did mix it well. I think in certain parts but there were there were moments where i was like it just looked it was just too noticeable in a way it was it seemed almost cartoony there are some parts where the cgi was so noticeable that it kind of took me out of the action a little bit during the the beach the german beach scene really that that's what i'm saying i yeah. think i think they did it they had to do it yeah. so they just they didn't embrace I mean, how it. else how else are you going to do those scenes yeah them doing those live action stunts it would have been amazing. It was. I mean, it was still Did pretty Stephen cool. Stephen Amell. He does was, it all. In the, he does all his own. Oh, stats. Stephen Amell. He's all the Amazons. <laughs> he was Chris Pine's uh, stunt double. Stunt double. Amazing. <laughs> he picked up the gun and shot it. Amazing. Uh, talking about Chris Pine, he's uh, he's our next subject. How do we how do we feel about Steve Trevor? Trevor Steve. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. I think Steve Trevor was the perfect gentleman in this movie. I'm so glad he wasn't labeled as a. What is the word? I'm a boy toy? A boy, not a boy toy, but just a woman, woman killer. Womanizer? Womanizer. I'm so glad he wasn't labeled as that, because Steve I'm Trevor in the comics, he's toy. a pretty noble guy in the comics. He's a pretty noble guy. Yeah, I, he's I de- know that. He's, yeah, he's very noble. I'm just he's and never about himself. He's selfless. Yeah, and, and I love that they portrayed that. I'm pretty... Are we get, like, do we only want to talk about what happens in the third act, or are we just talking about Steve Trevor as a... We're, we're just going to talk about Steve Trevor as a character. Okay. We're going to hit that later, specifically. I love how he's kind of taken aback at how innocent and well not i wouldn't say innocent but naive diana yeah. is and i love his interactions with well her. i'm just part of the war so <laughs> i thought chris pine did a good job i thought he did a fantastic job in here i think he brought he brought something to the movie i think he brought the movie to a whole uh, like to a higher level in my opinion uh, yeah he's definitely necessary i think i think him and gal or what carry the movie. If it was just Gal, I think we would be talking about a different movie. Yeah, I definitely. I uh I personally had my uh 
hesitations towards mm-hmm. Chris Pine and Steve Trevor. I didn't think Steve Trevor was necessary, but for the plot they did, yeah, he was definitely necessary. I'm just going to go out, go out on the limb and say this. Chris Pine can work with anybody. He, he, like her, him and uh, Gal had such a... I, I'm going to call her Gal because, you know, we're best friends. But <laughs> me and her and Gal... Him and Gal, sorry. Uh, Chris Pine and Gal had such a good dynamic <laughs> together. Honestly. They did, I, yeah. I think I, they did. I, you never felt like it was forced. Have you seen them in, like, pro, post... Uh, interviews and interviews? stuff? They are so... They're so friendly to each other. They're so... Well, she seems like a really nice person. They're clicking. Like, she uh, does, yeah. She definitely seems like... She likes. has a good sense of humor about yeah. herself, almost. Like, she, she seems like... Very lighthearted. Yeah, like, it's not... Like, she's not like, um... Oh, I'm a big act- time actress now. She doesn't seem like that. You know and what I mean? And it's crazy, because you gotta know how much pressure this movie has been under. Yeah. It's one of the first major, big female roles. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure for her, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, Steve Trevor. We'll get into him a little bit mm-hmm. later. Let's uh, let's talk about the gang. Let's talk about the boys. Let's talk about the boys. The boys. Steve Trevor's boys. The boys. Let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about the boys. <laughs> the other guys in the picture. Oh man. What do we? Hold on, Chris Hawk. Who's your favorite other guy? <sighs> you know what? I didn't. I I didn't even think about it. Who's your favorite boy? Do you have an answer already? I do. All right, you go. Come back to me because I. All right, Mario. My favorite, yeah, was Chief. Okay. okay, okay. When I found out he was still alive, John was there to witness it. I stood up, I put my hand in the air, and I yelled, "Chief!" Yeah, people got mad. <laughs> people were like, "Shut up!" <laughs> yeah. Person behind me laughed though. I they did. I um, yeah. I think I would have to agree. Chief is my favorite also. Um, now, Chief the was awful, and I'm talking about the actor was awful. What? Um, the, not the character. The character let's, was wait, wait, random. What? I did think the character was random, though. Let's be on, let's be honest, Chris Hawk. How many times did he go in and out of that Native American accent? <laughs> yeah, he had it. He it's had it for a second. Part of his charm when he's in when he's in country, he's got you know he's got he does it according to who he's talking to. Like if he's talking to Americans or he's talking to the Germans, he loses the accent think, or gains the accent. That's not I'm making true some at all. Stuff up. Okay, he he had it for a second there, and when they first. See him. Yeah, when you it, first meet him, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then they went away. And he's like, hey, I'm Chief. Yeah, hey, hey, I'm Chief. Yeah. But um, I think he's my favorite out of uh, Stu Trevor's boys because he was awful, and be- but more importantly, because he was random. I think, I, you know, I, I, me and Mario were discussing this mid-movie. Yeah. <laughs> what he was actually doing there. Yeah. I was like, he's, he's, where, he's there for the money. That's he's, what he's there for. He is. He's a... Uh, like, I, he's like an arms dealer, but I think it's kind of cool, honestly, because he does throw random grenades. You know, he just he, has oh, all yeah. types of grenades. He's a grenade guy. I uh, I liked him. I don't know that he'd be my favorite, but <laughs> I I don't know. It's hard to pick any of them. It, it, you know, the it's fez, really, the guy it, with the fez, or he reminds me of those old guys that ride in parades on the on the bikes or on the things <laughs> when he was wearing that. <laughs> Like the members of the clubs, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the lodges. That's I, what it is. I forget all their names. It's dude. weird because Chief really is my favorite because of how random the character was, like to me. But I, it, like John, did make some sense. Like if if he is trying to get away from America because of what uh, you know the white man is doing, like driving them from their land and reservations and stuff, or whatever was going on at that time frame, uh, he would be there. I guess he would go try to make money. Go where the money is. Yeah, yeah. especially during a war. You know, you can make. There's money to be made. 
and he seemed to be pretty good at that. But he was just an awful actor. I'll be honest. I, I thought they were going to do a lot more. They didn't. They didn't play a huge role. The um the sniper guy, uh, who is in the rundown, he's in Pearl Harbor, and he's in Alien vs Predator. He's he, also in Rain Spot. He was yeah. He was pretty cool. Um, he was he wasn't bad. It's what what bothered me was you see him flinch for a second or not want to shoot, but they never touch. They on never that. deliver. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I even like, mentioned yeah, it to you. Like maybe he killed someone by accident, and that's why he won't shoot, or maybe or something. Shell shock. I don't know. I'm wondering if they cut it. You know how DC always has these long movies and they end up cutting. They have no deleted yeah. scenes for her. Really? There's no deleted scenes for Wonder Woman. Wow. Patty Jenkins has said that. Yeah. Okay. Well. So I know definitely in the end part, it looks like they're doing a final stand, and it looks like he actually is shooting because he's asking he for bullets. He is. But I I think their whole point is the scene in Veld. I think that's what it was when they saved the town. Yeah. And it's all about humanity. There's still good. That's mm. what I think they're, they're, they're really there for. I also am really glad that they were not just there to do one-liners the entire movie. That's yeah. usually what side characters do. That's all they are is one-liners. I'm so glad that these guys actually had like throwaway lines that like weren't funny or weren't even sad. They were just there, too. Can we talk about the best part that they played a role in? And that's when Chief found that car. Yeah. <laughs> When he just pulls up with the car. Oh, Chief? Yeah, Yeah, Chief. He's, he's like, he runs away in the background, Yeah, and he pulls in a car, and they're like, where'd you get that car? He's like, oh, there's a bunch of them over there. At least he explained it. Let's yeah. be honest here. <laughs> At least he said there's a bunch of them over there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know. I just wanted to mention that. Um, so I, we've hit most of the characters. Let's talk about the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's three of them. We'll go in order. Um, we'll start with uh, the general, General Ludendorff. How'd you guys feel about him? Now, I'm going to be honest here. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's useful. Necessary. And the poison gas thing that he you know inhales yeah. to get stronger. Why didn't he mass produce that? Oh, to make like super soldiers? Yeah. That's what I thought they were going to do. The Germans weren't known for their hindsight. You mean in, like in World War One? Yeah. Well, let's... Look, this guy was, clearly. <laughs> okay. He was trying to kill villages with gas. Yeah. And he looks like, like when he in, like inhales that gas, he's like, I got an idea. I'm going to inhale all this gas. Yeah. They, um, in correlation with her, him and Dr. Poison, they feel like such comic book villains. They do. It's, it's over the top. Like the part when they throw the yeah. smoke. The oh, I love that part. When they say, why'd you throw him a gas mask? Because they don't know that it doesn't work. And they laugh. And they laugh and they run away. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. It felt like they were like the, the B villains yeah. in a comic book. What I don't get why is he broke that thing and smelt like he's, he uh, sniffed it right there. He's probably addicted to it. For no reason. It, unless he's addicted to it. I didn't, they the, didn't touch on that. when he does but. that, the smoke doesn't bother him, maybe. I think that's what it is. is the smoke's oh. so powerful. But um, I, the first time I saw that actor was in 30 Days a Night. And I liked him as the, the kind of the bad guy vampire in that. And uh, what else is he in? He's in, the, he's in Wolverine Origins, X-Men Origins. And he's probably my favorite part about that. Because I thought he was a good striker, comparing it to the X-Men 2 striker. But in this, I get, he's, he's good. Like, like you said, he's the comic book villain. Um, I think I like Dr. Poison more than him. And we'll touch on that. Yeah, she's next. In a second. But 
his German accent was okay. Uh, but you know, I, I think, I think he was, I think they handled the multiple protagonists well, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, so, I mean, you already touched on it, Chris Hawk, the Dr. Poison. I really liked her. I thought she was great as, uh, that other villain that you needed. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny that they just pull that villain, you know, out of like the comic book history. Yeah, she's actually pretty uh, famous, but she is a legit. She's a legit villain. Yeah, that, you know, had like a story arc or two back in the day, which is just funny that they went like that far back to pull her out of nowhere. And you touched on that scene where they throw in the smoke in the mm-hmm. room with the other German leaders. I I like that. I I just like her overall concept, and it's because she's kind of that old school comic book, comic booky villain. Um. Honestly, though, I don't think she really did much with Wonder Woman, but she really can't because Wonder Woman, you know, is basically a god. They never talked to each um, other. But the introduction of her character, you know, I think could lead to things down the road because she, she does get away. And, you know, maybe down the road, if they want to explore Dr. Poison more, you know, after, during the same time frame, she could find a gas that would create one that would weaken Wonder Woman, maybe, so she could bring her down to her level in a way. I don't see them ever doing that, but I see what you're talking about. I mean, I would like to see something. I just like would like to see more of her just because you didn't really see her get away. You I know what I mean? I think she was a good red herring. I, I'll tell you, my favorite part of hers is the, the fire scene with Steve Trevor, just because she seems vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that's good. You know, she's not that, that villain that's just one note. Yeah. I create gas. I'm malicious. I'm know? always evil all the time because I have to be evil. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, it, did, it did show you a kind of a side of, of her like she's sitting there thinking like maybe this other guy is using me and this guy will see my potential yeah like he respects me and the fire thing that he mentions sorry chris it kind of foreshadows to the end yeah because the end is the the climax or the ending of the final fight is all engulfed in flames chris pine during that scene was probably one of the like the best scene of the movie almost that scene that scene was pretty phenomenal him trying to seduce. I really enjoyed it. I was seduced. That's how crazy that was. It was definitely was. better, way better, 10 times better than him trying to explain to Wonder Woman about how killing one person isn't going to stop all the bad in the world. I mean, you try, you try explaining to Wonder Woman while you she's crazy. Yeah, I want to see you do it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be like, no, I don't know. I thought it was realistic when he did that. It was, but I, th- I feel like it was too much. I don't know. Yeah. I, could, I feel like he could have just went. After the first time, he could have just went straight to the point because he was, he like stumbled his words like three more times, and it is realistic. I do I did think that. I mean, you're looking in the gal's eyes. Yeah, how I mean, you how you're not? I stumble words all the time, but <laughs> I just thought he he could have maybe got straight to the point in a way. I don't know. Yeah, let's uh, let's touch on the third villain, uh, Ares. Chris so, Hawk, spoiler. Now, now Chris Hawk has a uh, <laughs> a very strong opinion here. Uh, about a certain aspect varies, but let me just let me just start <laughs> off saying, personally, I think the best incarnation of Ares is the one that is not the brute force. I'm going to fight you with my fists, Ares. Injustice, Ares. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think Injustice Ares is the best Ares. You and, like the you like the puppet master. Ares. I like the the calculating Ares who is portrayed as older because he's been around for so long. And Psychological. War has, like, waned on him. You know, he's, he's, felt, he's felt the, you know, the hardships that it's brought. 
but that's that's what he is. Because when he's portrayed as older and feeble, I think that's the best kind of Ares until he has to defend himself, obviously. But I think that's the best kind, and I'm glad they went in that direction. I did love the psychological aspects that he did in the one scene where he gets when he's revealed. Um, I mean, it, the reveal I thought was a little predictable. Like you guys knew he was going to be that character? I think yeah. I, I kind of called it. I didn't. Um, I thought it was going to be Dr. Poison. I'll tell you, if I didn't know Ares was in the movie, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was pretty, like, even though it was predictable, I thought it was pretty neat how they did it for Diana. You know what I mean? Because I was still like, wow. Like, the way, the, just the interaction and the acting, I think, and popping him up there and then having him disappear and then go around by the other side of the window i don't know i i, I thought like i said I, even though i knew it was going to be him i i was still kind of like in awe of how they did the reveal i don't know that's in my opinion part of my opinion involves the third act so if you want to if you guys want to touch on the third act now the third act's next so okay so i will say that i did enjoy aries i did enjoy him i, I love the the actor professor lupin he's he's he's, he's great yes. i love i mean the only thing that was kind of funny was the mustache. It's funny, but it didn't take away from his character. But Until that I, flashback. Until that flashback that when he's bare-chested and like a, ah, like a rock. I, yeah. was, I giggled a little bit. I, My I, brother lost it. <laughs> and I, I do like Ares for the villain in her first movie. Because really, Wonder Woman's rogue gallery isn't as iconic as others. You, it's true. You have what? Chitara? Cheetah, cheetah, send Thundercats over here. Cheetara. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheetah, Giganta. Yeah, you have a, you have a few distinct people, but uh, I'd say Cheetah is her most iconic villain. Yeah, and, and then, then Ares and Ares and the different gods that she interacts with. So I definitely love the portrayal of Ares, and I love and I love it. But I didn't like how he what happened in the third act when we talk about it. I do want to say though, um, going off the mustache, you know. Man, you know the 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 mustache defines man. So to give Ares the man, the god of war a mustache, <laughs> and then to have Wonder Woman defeat this man with a nice, strong mustache, is the ultimate embodiment of womanism. <laughs> it's uh, it's very period based. The mustaches, I yeah, think, I think it was necessary. Now I will say that I don't, I don't mind it. I just thought it was funny. I think it's it's kind of weird to believe that he always looked like that because he's he's he sh- changes shape. Didn't he usually. have a beard type he, of thing? He usually changes like shape to adapt, yeah. and then has like one form that See, he only uses figured, with the gods. I remember there was rumors that Sean Bean was going to be in the movie, and I was thinking that maybe he was going to shift into Sean Bean, but Sean Bean was not in this movie. Yeah, and I, I mean I respect it. I think Ares will come back eventually. I hope so because that's what I want to talk about in the third. You can't really. You know, get rid of them. Um, but before we get to the climax, I just want to discuss because we we talked about you know the main actors, the main characters. What you what you guys think about the acting overall besides Chief? <laughs> um, if I were to rate the acting from one to ten, I'd give it like a like a seven, seven point seven between seven, including 7. Chief. Yes. All right, exclude Chief. What would you give it? Um, I'd give it. 7.8. Okay. Chris Hall? No, I, uh, I give it 8. I give it 8 out of 10, I, the acting. I base the acting on how much I would cringe during the movie 
during certain lines of dialogue, and I don't remember any hard cringing during this movie, really. I don't think so at all, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would probably give it like a nine. It wasn't perfect, but it was close. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that there were no parts where I really felt that I saw more of the actor doing a bad job than the character. And I think that's what matters is you have to take, you know, the actor needs to take you to the character, not the other way around. Yeah, there's, The there's acting the, for me is just a, is just a nitpick on some side characters. There's no Marthas in this None movie. of the main characters I thought did a bad job. It was some of the side characters I thought were, weren't that great. Like which ones? Mostly Steve, well, the, the Scottish guy and, you know, obviously Chief. Um, Dr. Poison, some lines were kind of hard for me, um, but she's, over, she's supposed to be over, comic booky anyway, so it didn't really bother me too much. Like, when I thought about, when I thought, after the process, it went through my head, I was like, she's comic book villain, I, I dig it. Um, the German accent with the one dude, but uh, General Lugenberg or whatever his name is. Ludendorff. Ludendorff. <laughs> um, I'll say, I think, it's, I think it's really hard to do an accent when you're not supposed to speak the language. Yeah. Because it's like you got to be English so people can understand you, but at the yeah. same time pull off an accent. I get Because yeah. I'm pretty sure he could do an over-the-top German accent to fit his <laughs> comic book villain. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he could do it. I'd it was love, controlled because the I'd director love, wanted... Exactly. You I'd love to see to, that scene. That, yeah. If they filmed a scene like that, that would have been so great. That's to what see. I'm saying. I think he could have done it, but it wasn't what he was asked to do. You know, but I, I see where you're coming from. So let's uh, let's get to the climax here. We'll talk about uh, the the ultimate fight scene. Uh, Wonder Woman's, you know, mercy. I guess. Uh, Chris Hawk, I know you've uh, you've got a strong opinion here. I do. So the way this movie was portrayed as a superhero movie, I felt like it was treading some similar grounds to other ones that Marvel has done, but it was doing its own type of thing about finding the true heart of humanity. I mean, some of Marvel movies have done that, but not really. So this was like a new take for a comic book movie, and I was digging it all the way through. I was like, this is amazing. And then when she goes to finally confront who she thinks is Ares, to think that they would stop the war in, in Lunendorf, Lin, Lindendorf, and she kills him, right? Mm -hmm. And the war doesn't end. I thought it would have been great right there to not include Ares. You know what would have been really cool? And I was thinking about this. What if, you know, she killed him and nothing happened for a good five minutes? Yeah. And then he gets up and he is Ares. And you're like, wait, I thought he was Ares. Well, he's not Ares. I'm just and saying, like, I'm talking about I the I think whole, you just want a good twist. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the whole um, CGI mess with... I'm not mess, but the, battle? C, the CGI craziness with Ares and Wonder Woman. Yeah. I, I'm talking about just a... With, with the fire and everything surrounding them? I'm saying, like, an interaction with Ares would be great. But if it was more like... You need to see how they really are, and then you don't see Ares again till like the second Wonder Woman movie, where he's the main villain. Yeah, like this, World this, War Two esque. He like trying to corrupt Diana would be way cooler. You don't like it? No, I I don't think the I, World you, War Two. You'd, e you'd easily have to go World War Two, and I don't think it'd do well. It'd be almost the same movie. I just feel like this ending was so much like other Marvel movies with the whole CGI fight showdown and I, I was kind of let down a little bit because I've seen this so many times. See, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, dispute that going the opposite way because you don't really get that the whole movie. You don't get any of it. You don't get any like 
large CGI fight scenes, except for the beginning, which is done differently. Like, mm-hmm. they embrace it. You don't get any of that over-the-top action, CGI, explosions, fire, until the very end when it's, a, you know, a demigod fighting a god. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's believable. It is. I mean, I definitely love, I love the fight, but I would have liked to see something different. I'm not saying the movie is, the movie doesn't lose anything for me. For this part, I would have liked to you see just, this. You differently. just think it kind I of thought, felt. I thought it would have been cooler this way, but I still like the way it ended. You just thought it was similar I was to like, Marvel. I was like, I've seen this so many times. I I had a different opinion. I thought the build to the climax from the German party to the fight with the German general uh, into the Ares fight, I thought it was rushed. Because, you know, she leaves the party. She's like, oh, my God, they launched the thing right away. As soon as, like, we're hardly at this party. They launch it. I'm going to ride off. Uh, I'm in the, sm- you know, the town got smoked or gassed. Uh, it's awful. And she's just like, boom, on her horse, boom, straight to fight the general into the Ares fight. I just thought that that full part right there or the build to the Ares fight was a little rushed, in my opinion. I think I think you have a lot of going on though if you think about it with Steve Trevor. Yeah. I think if you're only focused on Wonder Woman, yeah, it feels rough, but you have to think about what Steve Trevor's doing cuz he has all that dialogue there and then they're they're reacting to what she's doing and then she's following them, you know, yeah. it's back and forth. I think it's cuz it starts cutting a lot cuz mm-hmm. they split. I think that's what make it feel faster. Split the party. Never split I, the party. I don't know. I, I, I just... Always split the party. <laughs> I just thought it was weird because he chases her down there and then uh, then they start a fire. It's like, was that part of the plan? Because we didn't hear that they were supposed to start a fire. To... That's Chief's ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, what was the mention of that? Like, it was just like, hey, dude, at the fire. It's understood. Because <laughs> he runs down to chase her there. Then she's in the thing yelling. Boom. She just runs off past them into the fray she fights the guy and then you know takes him out and then um it slows down there into the Ares fight which i liked i just thought it was kind of rushed to her getting to the general and then that fight was i didn't think it was rushed that he died because you know he's kind of a man and the, and the thing's gonna wear off but i just thought her straight rushing to get to him i thought they could have I mean, they had, they had like two hours and 30 minutes. I just thought they could have had more time to get her there to kind of, so, I don't know. This is my opinion. I think if they could have extended the, uh, the interactions in the party a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Could have, it would have you know, alleviated what you're talking about there. Yeah. I do think like as the party scene happens that it does that, but then it kind of, you know, evens out when she gets there and fights mm-hmm. the guy. I, but it's kind of all action from then on, so you don't really get a break. I see what you're saying. I mean, other than the initial Ares reveal. Yeah. So, uh, aside from Wonder Woman and the, that battle scene, which I think we, we all agree we, we like the fight. Yeah. Definitely like. I just, I would have liked something different, because yeah. I, I mean, I'm noticing a trend. Most third act superhero movies, big CGI mess fest. What'd you guys think of Ares in his armor? Oh, I loved it. it was awesome. I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it looked the way Ares should look. Yeah, that's uh, I. That's the what I would picture Ares from, like what I know. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I think it fit him. Uh, let's talk Steve Trevor. Let's talk his his sacrifice. I've seen a few people that don't like this because they don't think it's necessary. What? He could have easily landed the plane in like a field or something and left because it's not going to like. It was only designed to take out London. Let's be real here. 
with the amount of war-torn Germany and everything, they could have just said it anywhere. A lot of people don't like that he killed himself. I think it makes sense, personally. He's, he's got to be Wonder Woman's turning point, and yeah. what are they going to do? Is he going to be an old man in the next That's movie? That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's to be by Captain the way, America. He is, um, yeah. he, um, Chris Pine has a multi-contract deal, so he's going to probably play as like his, his cousin, like his great-great-cousin. And they do that. They, they do that in the comics. They, he's like identical. They play, he's going to play Steve uh, Trevor's great-great-great-cousin or something like that. Grand-cousin? Grand-cousin. Is that a thing? <laughs> It's yeah. He's. I, it's a rumor. I didn't know he had a multi-contract deal. It. I mean, I read. I tried. I looked because I definitely remember hearing something about it. But it's like it's a multi-contract deal with options. So that could mean anything. Hmm. It could be cameos. It could be flashbacks. I would think it'd more be along that line. Yeah. Um. I do. I do think it was necessary to kill him though. Oh yeah. I, honestly, like I know people are mad that. He he went out. He he. Th- a lot of people are mad that I, he I took a mad. giant plane and sacrificed himself, like Captain America in the movie. Oh, I you know what? I didn't even think about that. A lot of people are like saying they're the exact same see, movie. I can I see the. Comp- to, it's not the same. Movie. I can't wait to bring that up. No, obviously, it's not the same movie. It's just similar settings. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do see the. It's different wars, John. Okay. I do see. <laughs> you take off a one, okay? Um, I do a Roman numeral one. <laughs> I do think that that is similar to the way he sacrificed himself, yes. I, I don't think the whole movie is similar because it, the mythos is definitely different. And um, I, I can see where they draw similarities, obviously. I, I just I think it's two different. The, the, the gravitas the director has for killing off Steve Trevor is fantastic. I didn't think they were going to. Like I felt that he was gonna survive, just like um, well, Ian McGregor yeah. does in Angels and Demons. It had to give her a purpose. You remember, to... that, remember that part? Angels Which one? And, Angels and Demons when he parachutes down from the oh uh... yeah, and blows up or whatever. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I I like I said I gave it gave Wonder Woman a purpose to you know get her mindset off of being um, depressed that she couldn't do anything. I guess. The, the it gave thing, her focus. The only thing she cares about is killing Ares until yeah. that happens. Yeah. And then it's like, it's, it's more than that, you know? Yeah. How, talk about how emotional that scene is. Because I thought that was one of the more emotional scenes in the movie. You could, Chris Pine does a great job of emoting with his eyes and his face. Just, just with his eyes. Chris Pine is underrated, okay? I wouldn't say underrated, you. man. He's I would, underrated. I think he's definitely worth it. Like, he, he, people I definitely think he's do. been rated before. Oh, my goodness. But I think that part, when, right when he's about to pull the trigger, is really, you could see the turmoil in his eyes and the righteousness in his eyes. Of what he, he knows what he's doing is right. Yeah. At the same time, how hard is it to kill yourself? It, yeah. It's pretty hard. I did get the sense of the hum- humanity in it. Like, you're like, I can't do it. And he smiles. I gotta do it. And then he smiles at the end. I, was, I, was that- I think there was just madness. Like, I don't know about madness. Just like, I, he know- I, I do it. I gotta do it. <laughs> I don't know. Spend time with an Amazon. I would smile too. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like this. But is he dead? Yeah. He's gotta be. Do you think he's dead? He's dead. Maybe yeah. he parachuted out. Maybe there's a parachute on that plane. He's dead. Definitely dead. No, he's alive. Uh, the Cosmic Cube kept him alive. He might be alive. The if- Tesseract? 
Oh my what. god! If they choose to do uh, Flashpoint, I'm sure Steve Trevor will show up. Yeah, but I mean, they could do it too. He's Who dead. Who cares? Just yeah. do it. He's Just dead. do it. They have like three major plots they can do. They and... have the best plots with Flash. They wait, can. They can do everything. Wait till the TV show comes in. Man play. of Steel never TV dies. Shows. How about that? I mean, that's that's where I was going next. Is where do they go from here in terms of the Justice League? Because we know what they're doing with the Justice League with Steppenwolf. 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 Not the band. Step in time, step in time. <laughs> um, but do they go Infinite Crisis? Do they go Flashpoint? Or do they go Blackest Night? Those are the three areas they could go. And it's... Not looking it's, like any of them? It's up in the air where they go with it If after Darkseid. Because I assume they're going to do Darkseid. Darkseid seems to be first, right? And then they're going to go one of those. Well, after Darkseid, I know they do that thing where the uh, other Justice League from another dimension or something comes that's injustice right no not injustice but are you talking about the episode in justice league when the, the no 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 no. it's like ultiman or something goofy like that he's at the u on his chest right you, is that the one with the mad scientist you're talking about like owl fo- man and stuff maybe because owl man's the alternate universe batman who's evil yeah there's a there's an arc after where they meet like another they beat themselves up in the forest. I remember that issue in the comics. They like the robots versions of them or something. And they beat the, they like destroy them and they're getting to this like mad scientist. I just want to see Lex Luthor in the Legion of Doom. That's what I want to see. Yeah, see I could see that them going that route, but it's it's what major plot they do. I think they'll have better luck with a major plot line. I'm not a fan of the dark side uh story arc that they did with Just League War. I, I really, basically based off of it. I really enjoy Darkseid and his his planet. I enjoyed I enjoyed Darkseid as a villain. Apocalypse, Granny right? goodness. Mm-hmm. I just Boom I just box. don't I don't I don't I guess I don't enjoy that type of origin for Cyborg because it's kind of rushed in my opinion. It's like oh he interacts with the cube, boom he's Cyborg. Like I don't know. I just it, it's just to give Cyborg a place in the Justice League. I feel like in a way. I think it explains him. I think people would have a hard time believing, you know, they created this cyborg cyborg man, you know. I think I think it grounds him in the comic book universe as opposed to the realism that is cyborg because he's yeah. basically created, you know. Lex Luthor could have created him, and that would have like been a good the origin. Animated movie, Just League War. I think you don't. I, it's not that good. I'll no. be honest. Um, but they're definitely doing Dark Side. I just wonder where they're gonna go with that. Uh, if they're gonna do alternate universes and stuff, that's probably Infinite Crisis. I would hope they would. Like, if they were ever to combine the TV and movie, they would do Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, it'd be Infinite And that would be, because I've read all of the crisis crises, and they're some intense stuff. It would, it would definitely skyrocket them to, uh, like, a, like, a level beyond Marvel, in my opinion, if they uh, were to mix their TV shows in. Because the TV shows are, are popular, and people, you know, usually have the assumption where, you know, Marvel has the movies, DC has television. So it would definitely give. It'd be different. It'd be something yeah. we haven't seen where a movie and a TV show combine to create something that is on equal footing. Uh, but we'll go into final summaries and grades here. Um, Chris Hawk's always last because he's got a Rubicon. <laughs> I got one question for John, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Bro Surfman. How do you feel about Bro Surfman? Who's that? Aquaman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look. He's bro surfing to me. I think Aquaman is 
low key going to be the best part of the Justice League movie. I, I think so too. I think him being a bro is going to yeah. be the best part. And I think that it's going to be so good that I'm going to accept it, even though it's not the Aquaman I want. Hashtag no, not my Aquaman. No. I have one question for Chris Hawk. Make Atlantis crazy. Now, if he lost his hand and got a hook hand, how would you feel? <laughs> oh my goodness. Just, uh, I would accept just, him. Aquaman Justice League is one of my favorites. Yeah. So I would, I would have to love it. You better put bro on the hook or something like that. Bro life. Bro life. So, Mario, what's your, uh, what's your grade? Final, final thoughts. Okay, well, these are my final thoughts and my grade. Besides uh, some CGI moments, um, some terrible acting from certain side characters. <laughs> characters, actors. Um, a rushed final drive into the climax of the movie. I personally enjoyed this more than I thought I would. I was hopeful, but I was also uh, skeptical. Uh, mainly, I was hoping for a better, for something better for DC than what we've seen since uh, Dark Knight Rises, um, which me and Chris Hawk did an episode on. You can check that out. Uh, take two, Dark Knight Rises. No love lost for DKR. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, I think uh, this delivers. I think it turns the tide for uh, DC, the DC EU. Now we're, uh, I think now we're in a positive direction. Uh, I think it's awesome that a woman showed DC uh, the way towards the light. And um, I think we can take that as a positive for women superheroes. Um, I think we can take that as a positive for diversity in roles or leading roles. Um, hopefully we see more of that in the superhero world, uh, film world, uh, as it goes on. It definitely lightened up the DC universe in the right way uh, because superheroes you know, they're about positivity and hope and they are about bringing light to the world that is, you know, has darkness in it. Um, I give Wonder Woman an 8 out of 10. I'll go next because Chris Hawk has a weird grading system, as I mentioned. <laughs> uh, I like the portrayal of war in the movie. It was definitely, you felt it. It mm -hmm. wasn't just there and going on around her. Um, I like Gail Godot as Wonder Woman. I think she looks good as Wonder Woman. Again, I think she'll be able to do it. Not that she was asked to be that Wonder Woman that we know, because she was awkward, as I mentioned. Uh, I liked that it was uh, very, very woman positive. I think that the uh, initial uh, meeting of the generals where they don't talk because she's in the room and they don't listen to her showed a lot of that time frame and what was going on with women's rights. And it was interesting that they chose to do that. Because it wasn't really necessary, but they chose to do that and then show that, you know, she could do something. I think it was great. Uh, very influential. I liked the uh, length. Felt, felt just right, honestly. Yeah, because I, I thought it would bother me, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. No, not at all. I was there all the way through. Um, I'm curious as to where they go next. I think that uh, the museum will play a part. I think Cheetah makes the most sense. As she, she's a thief, right? What well, she steals the, the dagger and gets cursed, becomes Cheetah. That would uh, make the most sense and be fantastic because it would fit where Wonder Woman is right now with her personal life in that museum or collecting things. The, yeah. So, uh, overall, I'd say I gave it a nine out of ten. Oh, oh. Chris Hawk and I, the similarity Rubicon this, of nonsense. This, <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I take that as a compliment. So Wonder Woman was such a wonderful surprise of a movie to me. I mean, I was 
I was just floored how good this movie was. And I was so glad because DC definitely deserves a good hit. After what we saw, what happens with BVS and Man of Steel, I'm so glad that this movie's good. And it's sad that Wonder Woman is now, I consider, the heart of the DCEU. Just how Captain America is the heart of the MCU, she is the heart of the DCEU, where it should be Superman that has that part, but it's actually Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman stands for hope now, not Superman. Just think about that for a second. So I picked a lot of movies for Wonder Woman, and I'm going to start off with the warlike aspect of Wonder Woman, and I picked the Captain America movies, all of them, Schindler's List, and Full Metal Jacket. Now hear me out. Remember, with the similarity Rubicon, I'm only... I'm only comparing themes, not movies. I know how good Full Metal Jacket and Schindler's List are. They are, they are up and above at their own tier of movies compared to Wonder Woman. So that's, I'm not comparing movies, I'm comparing themes. So the same themes that happen in Schindler's List and Full Metal Jacket that happen in Wonder Woman are that war is bad. It's, it's evident. War is evil, war is terrible, it's catastrophic, it's physical it's mental it's emotional it goes down to the core of everyone's being and that's what happens in those movies wonder woman you see the tolls you see the tolls you see how bad it is and schindler's list i mean it's self-evident how bad it is concentration camps basically slavery and full metal jacket you see the horrors of the vietnam war you see these horrors in wonder woman even though it's brief you still see it. Also, with Full Metal Jacket, you have the innocence and naivety of going to boot camp and not knowing what happens afterwards, not knowing what's out there. You have this, this innocence, and that's what Diana has at the beginning of the movie. She has this innocence, and it's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie is her innocence. I mean, you can see it when she eats the ice cream, when she sees the baby, when, about the whole wearing a dress and not, and not being able to fight in it. That's, that's fantastic character stuff to me and i love that part for the captain america thing i'm going to go along the lines what i was saying earlier about hope captain america is the symbol of hope in the marvel universe comics and the and the movies he is the pillar he is unshakable and that's what i believe that's what i believe wonder woman is going to become because you have Superman in the comics as the pillar of hope, but in the movie Man of Steel, you just you don't you don't feel that from the movies themselves. I mean, I I would I don't like to hate on I don't like to hate, but those movies don't bring out the best of Superman. And Bat where Batman's concerned, the indomitable will of human of the human spirit, like Batman encapsulates everything about the human spirit and the will just to be better than everyone else to be the best at something and it works but we still haven't seen enough of that for him to be the heart so wonder woman is now the heart and i'm glad because she's awesome which leads me to my final similarity rubicon and that's wonder woman what do i compare her to what badass woman do i compare wonder woman to and i will tell you this is one of the hardest similarity rubicons that i've ever had to do because do i do i compare her to ripley being a hero of necessity when no one else can save the day but her, where she, she experiences a type of neo-sexism in the future, but really it's just 
her just people just believing that she can't do what she said she's done. And no, I, you can't because Wonder Woman's totally different than that. Can I, can, I, can I compare her to Furiosa in Mad Max where she has to be strong for others, where she has to be strong for herself and go out on a path that is not, is not the followed one. It's, not, it's different from the path just because she's got to be different. And no, that's not her either. Wonder Woman is her own. She's not Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter movies. She's not book smart. She's not overly intelligent to the point where it's, it's kind of crazy how smart she is. No, it's she just, she's her own. She's not, she's not this, she's not this revenged crazed killer like Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. She's, she's none of these female heroes. And I think that's what's so wonderful about this movie is that she's her own hero. She is this figure now. She is an idol. She is a role model for women everywhere. And she's her own thing now. You, you can, I would love to be able to similarity Rubicon Wonder Woman into one movie or two movies, but I can't. And I'm at a loss. And I'm glad because you can't. Because that's how complex this character is. That's how much I loved seeing this character on the screen. That's how much, that's just how much this movie is good and how I wish, I hope it stands the test of time. I hope that Marvel creates a female character that is just as strong as Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in this movie, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. I just, this, I'm glad. I am, I am overjoyed. I am so overjoyed that of how strong a female character is in this movie. And that is my take on Wonder Woman. The similarities of war, the horrors of roar, and there's always good, there's always good people in the darkest depths of the hate-filled wars. There's always good, and there's always, always hope, and that's Wonder Woman. Just how Captain America is the hope, Wonder Woman is hope. That, that, that is what I got out of this movie, hope. That's my similarity Rubicon for this movie is hope. It's hope. All right. All war all the time, Chris Hawk. Uh, let's do some weekly recommendations. Then we'll, uh, we'll throw the outro out there. Uh, what do you guys got? My weekly recommendation this week is uh, watch Twin Peaks. It's like two seasons. You, could, you can knock it out. Because it's coming back? Because it's coming it's back. It's back. Yeah. Well, it's coming back to you if you haven't watched it. Because... You kind of need to watch it to understand what's going on, but it was good. It was a good thing. I remember when I was watching, um, what was that one I was watching? And you told me it was kind of like Twin Peaks in a way. I don't remember. I remember Twin Peaks. The killing. Yeah. That's, yep. Because of how the case goes through two seasons. Yeah. And it's funny, Twin Peaks, uh, they always plan to do this, apparently. The, uh, the re- oh, really? Like the revamp of this show, like I've read that. They knew it was going to happen because they, they talked about it when they, it went off the air forever ago, how they would do it in, you know, X amount of years. So this is like a, it's like a cold case that's being reopened. Yeah. Is that what the new like, season is about? Like the actors were like sworn to secrecy. Like some of them knew about it. Like it was going to happen, which is kind of crazy. That's a, I don't big, know if it's true, but that's a long NDA to call to like sign and be like non-disclosure agreement to like sign for like what? Almost 20 years, right? That's what I've read. So I. I think that's pretty great if that's true, but that's mine. 
Mario, uh, what do you got? So my weekly recommend is John Carter because in, they briefly mention it. They did. They did. Um, Steve Trevor has a bunch of books and he hands to Wonder Woman or he tries to. Uh, and the, he says Edgar Rice Burroughs and Re- Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote uh, Tarzan and John Carter. And it made me think of John Carter. And I really like John Carter and I think it's underrated. I think why people crapped on it was because it didn't make a lot of money and it wasn't marketed that well. I don't think people hated on it because it didn't make a lot of money, Mario. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's my opinion. Shush. I think John (laughs) Carter is underrated and I think you should watch, I recommend John Carter and Tekken 7. (laughs) (laughs) So I have two weekly recommends. Uh, My first weekly recommend is I finally finished The West Wing after two years. I first started when I tore my ACL when I was in recovery. That's all I watched. It's been a long time coming. Very long time. It's been a long And I went through the first four, with the first three and a half seasons in a very fast, and then I stopped because I got friend. bored. And then I finished it recently, past month. It is easily top one favorite show of all time. Easily. We established this on the Overdue episode, John, but Chris Hawk is going to start trying to relate everything we see to Westworld. Oh, yeah. That's... No, what you mean West Wing? That's my new. Yeah, what I say. After I'm done with the similarity Rubicon, I'm gonna I'm gonna relate every movie to West Wing to Westworld because they're all hosts. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's one of the best uh, drama, and it's the best written. It's the best political show out there. I think you should give it a try, even if political dramas aren't your thing, because it's written so well that it just intrigues you from start to finish. It got, like, the theme song. I, I was watching it so much that the theme song was starting to tear me up. That's how much I was into this show. And I could do an episode by myself about that show. Maybe you should. And for my other weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Yeah. Is uh, Riverdale. On the you C- said you have been watching it. I actually finished it. And oh, wow. If you have ever heard of Archie and Friends, Benny and Veronica, Jughead, Digest Comics, this show is about those characters. Now, they have taken extraordinary liberties in these characters, and they're very, very, very... That's an understatement. Have you seen it, John? I've seen the first four or five episodes. So the first four or five episodes, do not let that dis- dissuade you from the rest, because the do, first four... Do not let that dissuade you. Dissuade you. Dissuade I'll finish you. it. I, uh, I collect the comics. Okay, so I, um, I, def- I loved it. I loved it from start to finish, except for uh, like the first arc with Archie and his teacher. I hate that. I freaking hate it. Makes no sense. And I hate it so much. Let me just tell you, the guy who plays Jughead, fantastic. Best. Cole Sprouse from, yep. uh, what is it, Co- Zach and Cody? Zach and Cody, Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, I went to uh, Connecticut, and coming back, we went through New Jersey. There was a, a sign that said, Riverdale, next exit. And I was like, the best part about this show, I believe, is the, the acting between the characters. And I think they work so well because they're actually friends in real life. And I loved it because, I, I mean, I, I, I re- would read these stories on Road Trip. Jughead, Digest, Archie Comics. The new Archie comic right now by Mark Wade, I'm reading. It's fantastic. And I John, think can you second that? That's pretty good. Mark Wade and I forget the artist, but it's phenomenal stuff. And, like, my favorite part, I'm going to head it out now, Betty and Veronica is my favorite part of the series. I love the fact that they didn't start off as rivals first. I'm going to say, Archie vs. Predator. 
That was also pretty good. I got him. But uh, Arch, uh, Riverdale and uh, The West Wing. Two crazily different shows, and I love both of them. John Carter for me. And Tekken 7. And Tekken 7. And uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, so that's our take on Wonder Woman. Uh, Chris Hawks, Similarity Rubicon, cited uh, Full Metal Jacket, Schindler's List, and Apocalypse Now. And Captain America, and Captain the first America, Avenger, I Winter forgot. Soldier, it was, Civil War. That just wasn't critically acclaimed like the other ones. Uh, Mario gave it an 8, an eight out of 10? 8, 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. 8 out of 10, and Solid. I gave it a 9 out of 10. So uh, we are Cinema 7, and we're going to throw it over to Chris Hawk. to. Uh... And I'm going to throw it over to Chris Hawk. <laughs> so... Uh... At Cinema 7, we want to thank you always for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Yo, Chris Hawk, tell me about our episodes and what we got going on. So yeah, we do have we have our original podcast episode called Our Take, where we would discuss a movie of the current calendar year that we're seeing in theaters. Right now, 2017, so most of the movies we'll be reviewing this year are from 2017, and then next year, 2018, and so on. These are the movies that will be on our top 10 at the end of the year. We, we watch them, we break it down. And then we give our review, which is for John and Mario, that's one out of 10. And for me, that's my similarity, Rubicon. In these episodes, we usually, it's mostly about trailers, news, and the movie itself. And then sometimes we give our weekly recommendation. That's our take. Pitch It or Fix It is when we would take a film, video game franchise, maybe a TV franchise, anything in entertainment, and we pitch our own idea for this new movie, whether it be prequel, sequel, continuation, spin-off any one of those and then fix it is for maybe we didn't like a movie or it wasn't generally pleasing in some certain way so we fix it right now we only have a couple of the pitch it movie uh episodes at which when uh samuel jackson referenced that mace windu might be alive we went out and pitched a mace windu movie you can listen to that in our episodes on That we call Pitch It or Fix It. For gaming, we have our gaming episodes. That's everything from handhelds to consoles to PC. We have a lot of good opinions on those. A lot of, we talk usually current games, current trailers, and anything else. That's called our gaming episodes. FireEye Special is when me and Mario Bakari go at it on three different topics because usually me and Mario do not agree very often. So those. Those could be very entertaining. That's what we call our fire and ice special. Usually John would moderate those so nothing gets out of hand. And then finally, we have our last two themes. And these are our newest themes. We have take two where we would go back and we watch a movie that we think was bad or good when we first watched it and we get a second take on it. This is for movies that maybe we haven't seen in a long time or movies that we didn't think were good at that current time. We have one currently up about The Dark Knight Rises and go ahead and listen to it. But I can tell you 
Mario's t second take wasn't as good as my second take. And um, our last and newest theme is called Overdue, where all three of us watch a movie that should have been seen sooner. These are movies that are sometimes pop, pop culturally um, special or critically acclaimed. These are movies that we all haven't seen that we should have seen. And it's called Overdue. We have one up on No Country for Old Man in which me and Mario discuss the 2007 Academy Award winning movie that, uh, that took pretty much everyone by storm. And we have a lot of good opinions on that. And that is all the themes that as at the moment. Yeah, also, you can look us up on iTowns and SoundCloud. You can find us at Cinema 7 Podcast with that name on those platforms. Give us a healthy feedback reviewing us on iTunes so we can get our stars up. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Also, you can follow us on our very active Twitter at Cinema 7 underscore podcast. We, we like to take turns using it, but mostly it's well. Also, we're coming up with a patron page where you can donate as little as a dollar to $5 to $10 a month to help support your local podcast. Now, we have different we have different uh, goals set for each one, but if, if you donate a dollar, your name will be on every single podcast for the rest of our lives. Now, think about that. That's permanent stuff, guys. It's in the airwaves. It's out there. It's permanent. Your name will be on a podcast and no one could ever take it away from you. And then after that, you have maybe $5 will give out stickers. And then $10, $20 up, you guys get t-shirts. You can even come on the podcast. It sounds like we're buying or selling you or whatever that thing is when we're buying people. But, you know, we're just we're doing fun stuff for you guys. And we hope you like enjoying listening to us. Thank you very much.